Welcome, everybody. This is the Reality Czars Podcast, and we're your hosts tonight, Nate and Thomas, the Paranoid American. What up, what up? And we have Ryan Dawson returning. Thank you, man. We had a, such a fucking fun conversation the first time, and then we didn't even get to fucking Abraham Lincoln or the Civil War. So, <laughs> well, <laughs> well, we got into religion oh, dude, and all kinds into, of stuff. Like, yeah, we got into like, uh, I think we got into like, uh, Thomas, what the fuck were we talking about? We were talking about like, uh, the OKC bombing a little bit. I think we talked about McVeigh. Uh, yeah. We talked to, yeah, we talked all kinds of shit, uh, which is fun, man. This is an ADHD fucking wild show. So sometimes we stay on track, sometimes we don't, but we always have a good time. Uh, are we it, live on Odyssey right now, or is this just recording? Just recording right now. Oh, okay, so um, there's no link to share. Should be. I'm gonna figure out how to live stream to Rockfin because uh, that's usually where we put out the majority of the shit. Rockfin. But I'll put it. Yeah, I, I need to fucking get a rumble, too, because everybody's on rumble now, and uh, I need to keep up with the fucking time. So. You have Jose come on and talk about OKC? He's gonna. He's going to be in a couple weeks. Yeah, we or next week. On that too. Yeah. yeah, it's going to be a good time. Uh, he kind of goes by the book. We're going to throw some, like, kooky conspiracies at him, and so we'll meet in the middle somewhere and just have a good time. Uh, Jose is great. Um, and, uh, dude – before we started recording, we we were mentioning a Jerry Springer fucking story. You want to talk? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was just saying the whole world's Jerry Springer now, but that used to be like the wild show of just, you know, it, you know what it was. I mean, it's like he's doing this with his sister. Um, some friends of mine they were having a house party or something and they saw jerry springer said it said call us now if blah 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 right so a buddy was drunk and just calls the jerry springer number and they actually answered and stuff and he and he told him was like yeah my neighbor he keeps raping my dog and then you know jerry springer <laughs> like what again he's like my neighbor keeps raping my dog <laughs> like that was all they needed to know right so they invite them all out there I think they went to Chicago or something like they had a free hotel. They flew them there. They spent all this money and they made up the story. So they, while they're in the hotel, they're like, all right, I'm going to say this. You're going to say this, all this. And uh, so this guy, Spanky, this guy, Lee, there are a bunch of them up there. A lot of it, they're just fighting each other on the stage because they, they needed time to like make up their story. So they kept <laughs> attacking each other. But the story was like you saying how he would come over and do the dog rape. And he was like, no, she wants it. <laughs> like, like She enjoys it. So like, feel the heat on that. And, uh, you have then, to pay so much money to play the, play dude, the part of the dog rapist. He was like, he didn't care. He was on TV, got a free hotel and everybody who knows him knows he's not really raping dogs, you know, but they're like, Oh, it's some hick town in North Carolina. Maybe. Right. And it's like, nobody does that. And, uh, it was like, <laughs> then the twist was, he was like, it, it ain't right. He's like, we're in love. <laughs> and you can see the whole front row. There's all these big black ladies just go, oh, shit. He's like, we're in love. <laughs> he's, and, then, and then he was like, it put behind them on the screen, a golden retriever with like a wedding veil, like a white like veil. It's like, we're getting married. <laughs> and then just like threw up the chairs and started fighting. He's like, you can't marry my dog. And it's like, 
Look at her. She enjoys. She wants it. She's always coming over. Oh, man. It was bestiality stuff. But nowadays, I mean, I could see a lot of people in the Biden administration being cool with that. that well, even when it aired, it, I'm sure there was Brightman... at least one person out there that was like, see, it's not so that's not so weird. <laughs> Dude, who's the guy that keeps stealing luggage of women's underwear? Oh, uh, man. I can't. Right, Sean or something. Whatever. He's some bald headed freak with lipstick and high heels and he keeps stealing fancy looking suitcases so he can wear women's clothing he got just got caught for he the third got time trouble dude it finally and he's a uh not not into dogs but men pretending to be dogs like yeah, wearing mask and leash and yeah what's that called <laughs> they're furries they're uh, furries. no it's like leather furry or something yeah it's not like the fuzzy I thought guy it was or whatever yeah yeah i don't know it's, it's called you're a fucking freak and you need psychological help but I actually it'd so, be a lot harder to steal that the, 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 the prison suitcase. I knew nothing about furries or any of that crap as I lived in Japan for the last 16 years and now in Korea. And I just, thought Japan was all kinds of creepy. Sex. Yeah, I thought no, that's where it, it came in, from in art, but not like really doing that shit. No way. Um, they they don't even have gay marriage in Japan and they pixelate porn. You can't show genitals. Korea banned porn outright. There's no porn in Korea. It's illegal. There's no porn hub. What would be if you got crap. caught? If you were like out on the street just like reading a magazine, what would be the the penalty? Well, you wouldn't that? have a place to sell the magazine because it'd be illegal to sell but porn. Yeah, let's just say that like you, you, you could know, smuggle one in. in. Well, yeah, you'd you go, Yeah, in. you'd get time. If you brought in like a really a hustler or playboy or something, yeah, you can't do that. Damn. Maybe a foreigner might get a slap and like if you're from Korea and you know better, yeah, you'd get in big trouble for that. They're really wow, I never knew that. anyway. It's all over the United States. And so I had a, a liaison from Portland, which is like the central hub of fucked upness is San Francisco and Portland. People can debate. But uh, I was like, OK. And then my younger sister, she's like 12 years younger than me. She's like, oh, no, let me give you the breakdown. Because I'd never heard of pegging or any of this crap. Right. <laughs> she's telling me this stuff. And I'm like, the fuck. But this is what's funny. There's actually I find this funny because fuck them all. There's a hierarchy within the furry community, like between the different this types of up. animals. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, so what is it like? The, the king the, of the, the jungle? Are you a is it like the big cats <laughs> and the foxes and the hyenas and whatever? She's like the bottom of the furry community is what's called the birdies. It's the people that pretend to be birds, right? They want to be parrots and wear rainbow feathers and whatever, like they're falcons. I'm a falcon, whatever. And, let me tell you, like even even the people that dress up like dogs and walk each other in leashes and stuff and pee and outside and all that look down on the bird people. Because one of the things the bird people are doing <laughs> or birdies, I don't know the right terminology, don't care, freaks, is <laughs> they're laying prosthetic eggs. I love so that. they're taking eggs <laughs> that are probably like used to be those you know egg vibrators for women and they're putting them up the rectum and they lay newspaper around and then ha ha and have a fit <laughs> and then like shit out the egg because they're giving birth right they're all female birds for apparently this is the best thing i've heard all day is it this, this is a real much. thing in portland <laughs> this is a real right thing now. in san francisco there's a birdie community i'm in portland where, right now. i don't know I it's like go. expensive <laughs> you could probably find it like I mean, you should you should find it. You should film some of these freaks. Like Live go incognito. Yeah. Look at this bitch like, laying an egg. 
be like, I don't know what's not as bad a tiger or something and go in and interview the birds. Like they shit prosthetic eggs. And cause you know, they're a bird. They identify as a bird and birds lay eggs. So you have people and then, and then some of them, some of the lower birds like the hens will sit on the egg. <laughs> like, like there's a chicken side or something. Dude. I Good just can't God, like Jerry Springer's like, what the fuck is this? Bird people face. sitting on eggs? It's just a plastic egg or rubber egg or whatever. And the, but they're mothering their egg and they build a nest. And I'm shit you not, dude. They have like a room in their house and they build a fucking nest and the other birds come and bring them <laughs> food. It is insane. These people are mentally ill. And I, uh, besides a, the shotgun, I don't know. Specific convention? That sounds like it would be a. A messy one. I don't know that much about it, but like, I bet there probably is. I bet they have the Comic Con of furries, birdies, and all the other categories. I you bet know, that's. I, mean, I bet it's in San like, Francisco. It's because Seattle, it would be San Francisco. It, it could be York, Seattle. Yeah. yeah, Portland for sure. Yeah, dude. I mean, Portland's got a big like dude. Portland. That everybody, you y'all can even put this in Google. It's like, write it. Type in. Uh, Antifa furry shootout where they're in different <laughs> apartment complexes shooting at each other across the parking lot where the furries and the commies weren't getting along. <laughs> this is going to be the name of the, my next mini comic. It has to be the, the furry versus Antifa. Dude, it's shootout. real life. It's real life shit. Like you can look, look it up. Look at they pull see up. You can put that on the screen. See if you can go like search engine that or whatever. Furry Antifa shootout because it's happened more than once. And I mean, can you imagine being a cop in Portland? You just be like, hey, just let it go. Like, like this is a win-win situation. It's the trash Furries taking out the trash. And commies are shooting at each other. I mean, cheers. What on earth could they be fighting about? By the way, I'm drinking a Unabomber right now. <laughs> Props what to Uncle is Ted. Unabomber? Is a that Unabomber a is uh, pomegranate vinegar, cranberry, and Ted Keela. Huh. Yeah. I like it. I'm being a fruitcake and drinking a LaCroix. Oh, there you go. With fucking birdies. That's a thing. Shit laden eggs that they then sit on and mother. As guys doing it mostly. Dude, I mean, can you imagine? That was the good old... <laughs> it's funny though. Like Even the people that dress up like foxes with like the big Disney heads, you know? Like, oh, I'm Sonic the Hedgehog, whatever. They look down on the bird people. That's how bad the bird the people the are. Is it just bird people and then everyone else is higher? Or is there still a hierarchy that goes beyond Is that? there something lower than the birds? I don't know. They probably will be. They'll be insect the Is it like a worm? But... Yeah, there's got to be bug people, right? Nobody I, wants I to be know. a bug? Yeah, I don't know. You know, That's I think weird. even if you were like, you'd be like the blue beetle or whatever. I don't know, man. It seems to mostly be... <laughs> I we're talking about fur fur animals like foxes and cats and dogs and stuff but you know i mean look i, I forgot these with my i didn't know fuentes was coming on but i actually have a pair of cat ears you know to make them feel more comfortable i think these are cat it could be a dog i don't know but like people people cosplay for fun like as whatever superhero 
nurse, whatever, role play. But at the end of the day, you know. But they don't actually think there really are the animal or the profession or the whatever they're pretending to be. It's just, it's for, the difference is they know it's role play and pretend, right? And I'm out, I don't care what adults do. Like, oh, it's, you know, if you want to play Auschwitz, I mean, it's not my thing, but if one of you wants to pretend to be a Nazi and the other one's getting raped or something, you know, whatever, because it's so, not real. So apparently they're right? called featheries, not birds. Featheries, yeah. Fe- if you want to be featheries. a vampire, you're not really a vampire, so it's okay if you want to pretend. But when you're so delusional that you think you really are the thing, that's God, that's just crossing a line. That goes from weird to to mentally ill. Featheries, Thomas, huh? did you find any game? pictures or videos of someone laying an egg? Uh-oh, he's uh, down a deep... I, f- I can't I even search for this shit because <laughs> I'm in Korea and they ban all this kind of stuff. <laughs> It's, it says in the furry fandom, an avian, also known as a feathery. Avian, there you go. Featheries. And it includes real birds, anthropomorphic birds. Uh, that sounds like those birds. secret space program. Oh, like a phoenix. <laughs> There's like rules to this. And there, there is Fucking male and female, but apparently. Most people like to, to role play the female. and Because they can lay the eggs. Yeah. That they pass the eggs through what is essentially the anus. Well, see, I would argue, how come a male can't lay eggs? Because nowadays, men get pregnant, right? So <laughs> <laughs> throw, that, throw that wrench in there. Featheries. Avions. <laughs> well, you got to have that ballastic penis. That's the duck one that looks like the corkscrew. So you could, like, be the... The avian, <sighs> you know, duck penis. Dude, you have to have yeah. it on a fucking thing too. It's got to shoot out like a real duck stick. <laughs> yeah, they gonna say like, yeah, like, like a button. They Some go practical <laughs> effects. <laughs> a little pneumatic <laughs> pump or something. <laughs> so like, hey, why don't you pretend to be an ostrich? Try and get that egg to come out. <laughs> it's like a basketball, right? <laughs> if you, if you dare, there's someone try, in dude. San Francisco that'll do it. Dude, my fucking, I used to work with a guy and he would, he would, oh, we wonder how they got AIDS. Fucking things. I, I don't think he has AIDS, but maybe, uh, probably. I'm just saying with the eggs and the whatever these people are doing, putting things up in in their butts and out their butts. And (laughs) well, he was actually, he took his boyfriend on a trip. I guess he would call him his husband that he didn't really get married. He took him to a trip to Japan. And they had to have an emergency fucking flight home for surgery because his asshole fell out because they were stuffing so many horrible things up his ass. So their, what the their fuck? fucking trip was cut short. And, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of sad. <laughs> <laughs> and the Japanese were like, nah, you're not coming to this hospital. <laughs> Uh, what happens to all these peoples in like an apocalyptic future right like like all social services a lot of these anal people are wearing diapers in their 50s because they can't hold their shit in anymore my mom's friend was a nurse and she would always like warn us like she'd always tell me not to butt fuck girls and stuff because she (laughs) said that like you're gonna make them a diaper baby or diaper boy that's what they call them what if that's your thing though man that's a win it is exit only um, yeah, yeah. My sister-in-law's a nurse, and I hear some stories about you wouldn't believe the kind of thing, the the stuff that people put up there that have to get removed in the hospital. And you think, how did you even come up with that? But man, there's some weird 
There's some weird people, man. <laughs> and they put some things up there. And it's like, you know, they probably didn't get it stuck on the first try. It's like they've been doing it with that thing. And then well, they oops, keep pushing they it, it, dude. All well, of a sudden, guess, it's like they start with a wine <laughs> bottle. And then they start going to. <laughs> it's it's like a car accident, right? Like the closer you are to home, and the more like uh, comfortable you feel, the the bigger the chance of like something you know tragic happening. Hey, it, can I say slippery slope and have a uh, have a pun? Right, a double entendre. <laughs> what is that? It's a slippery slope, right? For real. Ah. Uh, okay, so Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> He probably did all of the above, yeah. Hey, he did sleep with men. Did he? Like That's sleep, like sleep with them, like cuddle. Okay. Yeah. He was you know to stay warm. No. He's a man's man. He was a, a monster. He was a goddamn monster. And so we are gonna talk He well, had a huge depression when that the guy everybody thinks is probably his lover got married to a woman. Like Lincoln was just beside himself. <laughs> so you're going to have to catch me up on all of this because I haven't even heard that before. How? I mean, well, actually, I believe you. Nobody knows anything about Lincoln. This is great. On Twitter. Sorry, I've had a few Unabombers this morning. They're like, oh, um, I always said something. I said something terrible about Lincoln, I'm sure. As the comment was... Uh, where are you learning your history? Lincoln freed the slaves. And I'm glad Lincoln didn't free a single slave. He was dead for eight and a half months before the 13th Amendment freed the slaves. Dude, I didn't even know that. You didn't know that? He died. He got John Wilkes oh. Booth took him out in April. The 13th Amendment is December 6th, 1865. And Lincoln was dead. He was no longer president. Uh, it, was, it was Andrew Johnson that gave us the 13th Amendment, which did not get ratified on the first try because the northern states voted against it. Just fought a war to end slavery, then voted against the amendment to end slavery, even though you already don't have slaves in most of the north. Ryan, where's they a did good not place want to live with blacks. Where, yeah. like, where's well, a good I mean, place? we can start with the right, where I don't know. Where, I mean, Lincoln sucks his whole life. He probably yeah. was a he's probably uh, an evil baby. So let's but, uh, start with the boomer story, like Republicans right now saying like, hey, the, Re the Democrat Party has always been the party of slaves, which is true. And then they'll be like Republicans. Both parties had slaves. What was that? Both parties had slaves oh, and Lincoln sure. left the Republican yeah. Party to join the, the National Union Party you anyway. The Republicans were the first ones to fucking free the slaves. And all in America was this great guiding light that went to war to free the black bent black people oh, God. and so this is like so you should vote republican because if not you're actually racist and the democrats are the okay. real party of every racism. every single actual step that wasn't rhetoric that was against the institution of slavery was by southerners first with jefferson ending the transatlantic slave trade he also tried to end slavery in virginia when he was governor but he didn't get enough votes to do it uh and people get on his case and go well jefferson only freed like seven slaves no 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 he let them run away. And the, and the reason for that was the reason he officially set them free. And this, this sucks, but it's reality at that time. Slaves were considered property like it or not. Like they were considered a piece of your property. And Jefferson was in debt because of, well, he had a rather nice wine collection, but he had four sisters who he gave lavish weddings to and whatever it drove him in the hole. And so 
slaves were actually considered part of your estate. And so if you were in debt, you could not just liberate property because you owed money. So what he did instead is he did for like the mixed race people, Sally Hemings and people like that. There he got around and said, oh, we're gonna, they're set free because not really black enough or whatever. But a, a lot of his slaves that he allowed, he just didn't put any effort when they ran away is because he couldn't legally set them free because they're part of his estate and part of his property and owed debt. So he just let them run. Right. But he did free his slaves. But anyway, and not all of them wanted to leave. Someone wanted to live in Monticello. And well, there wasn't at that time anywhere to go. Right. <laughs> like, and do yeah. what? Go where? Right. There wasn't a lot of freemen anywhere. Few spots in North Carolina had freedmen since the Revolutionary War. And you, I mean, and, and again, Virginia is very far away from like Maine, right? You're going by horse or boat, right? You can't, it's not like now where you just, no, oh, I'll just go over to, I'll just fly to California. There's no plane. And California wasn't even in part of the United States at all. So whatever. Um, he ended the transatlantic slave trade. Johnson does the 13th Amendment to end slaves, slavery for blacks. They still had Asian and Native American slaves. And then the other Johnson does the civil rights. Andrew Johnson's from Texas. Jefferson's from Virginia. Linda Johnson's uh, Linda Johnson's from Texas. Andrew Johnson's from Tennessee. And Jefferson's from Virginia. All Southerners that did the Civil Rights Act, the 13th Amendment, and ending the transatlantic slave trade. Not one Yankee freed a single slave. So through why the federal government. Now, Yankee like, states did because they never really had them. They never well, really had black did, slaves from the start. Well, why did these Irish like slaves? Dinesh D'Souza, like, Lincoln retard like Lincoln <laughs> was a white supremacist which wasn't unique that was all of them right even blacks too they all thought whites were a superior race uh, he just Lincoln did oppose slavery but it wasn't because the immorality of owning somebody as a piece of property it was he just didn't think blacks and whites should live together at all he thought both race suffered from it. This is a direct quote from him. He said it that his race was superior, but that his race and theirs couldn't be more different and that both suffered by their presence among us, right? Like you suffer too. And so do we, and we should separate. And he wanted to send them somewhere. And he sent some to Haiti and to Caribbean and Grant and Lincoln actually had a plan to send newly freed slaves to Panama to dig a canal that was the idea they had in mind and actually lincoln met lincoln was meeting with his cabinet members three days before he got shot because lee had surrendered and they're thinking all right finally we're going to win this war what are we going to do with all these uh i won't say the word these uh negroes let's say um and the plan was well we, we can't live with them right and the whole reason to not spread slavery in the west the two reasons they didn't want to compete with free labor because they're trying to build a railroad from Chicago to California instead of New Orleans to California. But they ended up getting free labor anyway through script pay because that is still slavery. But they didn't want slavery to spread west because if the institution of slavery didn't spread west, he's like, we cannot undo what has already been done, but we can prevent them from ever mixing in the where it has not already occurred. Right. So he's like, we won't spread black slavery to the west because we don't want blacks to live in the west they'd want indians or any anybody other than like white christians to live anywhere so 
his he was a racial separatist. Me of like the paleocons argument for being anti-war. Because, like, basically, like, I like that the paleocon, uh, some of them, I can't speak for all of them, they'll say things like they, they, they're they very staunchly anti-war, and most, not mostly, but one of the big reasons why is something they're like, well, look at the British Empire, because, because they had, like, came over and, like, conquered, like, India and stuff like that, eventually those people, like, gained citizenship, and then the Indians came over here. Like over yeah. to Great Britain and stuff, they're like, we we actually want to be isolationist because we don't want them over here. Um, but that's funny too to be anti-slave because they don't want the race mixing that would inevitably happen. They were so racist that they thought we cannot live with them. Like they got to go back to Africa or whatever. They just thought the Southerners. I mean, they're going to. Yeah, you know, they're teaching them how to read and they're playing sports together a little bit. They're going to church together a little bit. That all ends up beginning segregated as well. And when there was black suffrage, it first exists in the South, but not the North. And the only places in the North that adopted it were that had less than a 0.01% black population anyway. Right. But like in Wisconsin, you couldn't New York, you couldn't Pennsylvania, you couldn't. Well, New York said, oh, yeah, blacks can vote, but only if they own property. But they had gotten rid of that requirement for whites in 1851, right? You don't have to be a property owner to vote. But if you're black and you're in New York, you do, which none of them had property and none of them could buy property. So it was a clever way of being like, yeah, you're allowed to vote if you meet all these impossible conditions. And so it was several more years like, like after the 13th Amendment <laughs> that they allowed uh, black suffrage for men and women uh of any color still weren't allowed to vote which we got that part right yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i wish we could re- i mean yeah we'll just set that the 19th amendment was an abomination <laughs> god they're so fucking lame though every fucking like political conversation even with a girl that's like based like they're still super soft on all this on a ton of shit. Well, look, the like, idea about property going. ownership was that the landlord would have leverage over all the tenants, right? Cause they control your life basically. And so that they would be able to manipulate your votes, right? You're going to vote. Right. say so that it was an attempt to lessen the landholding vestiges and stuff. So, and they also just the thought it takes a certain degree of education was? and knowledge and stuff to have this power of voting. And that the hoi polloi should not participate because they're just, they don't know what's going on and they're just there to be manipulated. This is the thinking at first. They're like, yeah. you can't just allow anyone to vote. Most people are stupid. And, but you can't really have a test that says, well, you're dumb, you're smart. Right. So, but they're like, well, all right, we'll say they have to be in good standing and own property and have all these requirements because most people that have a business or own land, or whatever, aren't dumb. Well, and, that's the whole idea with a college diploma with hiring people, because we can't just give IQ tests and say, OK, you're hired. Well, I mean, I agree because the IQ point, test isn't perfect, right? Yeah, but it's an it's OK like, indicator. And at this point, it's better than like a fucking than like a, a social science degree and things like that. That that to me, almost well, the diploma mill is just the inflation yeah. for degrees has gotten to the point where they don't matter. Yeah. But you could have a degree and also be smart. You could have a degree and not be smart. Like it really doesn't mean anything anymore, but it used to. It used to take a certain amount of volition and prowess and academics that to get a diploma. But now, like if as long as you pay enough money and hang around long enough, they'll give you the piece of paper. So it doesn't mean anything. There's a lot of nepotism and, you know, well, it it's hard to get credentials. To I think system. the old school, the system of apprenticeships is what they used to use. 
and college was for like specialty things. But if you wanted to learn how to run the printing press or something, you did an apprenticeship and followed around the guy that was doing that for two years and learned all the ins and out of that business. And that's kind of what we still do because we send people to college four years or more. They get a degree. And what do they do? If you're going to be a teacher, what happens? You be a TA and you sit in the classroom with the teacher like an apprentice would do anyway and see the lessons and stuff and learn it like as you're on the job. When you, even if you're a doctor or an RA or a nurse, whatever, what do you do? You come in with someone else who already has that possession profession, right? And the nurse is there and taking notes and following seeing real patients in the apprenticeship style anyway, because we know like you can have all these degrees or whatever. And that's just to, to let you have the privilege to do the apprenticeship because you learn almost every job, like the, the lower skilled jobs. It's like two weeks of on the job training. You're there with someone else who already works there and you follow them around and see the ins and outs of what they do and you learn the business, right? And for more complicated jobs, but even if you're in a law firm, you don't just get out of school and become a lawyer, right? Like you still go through apprenticeships. So we never yeah. really got rid of that. It's system. fucking retarded dude. because I was a chef for 15, 16 years and I would see these young dumb assholes that would fucking go to culinary school for, you know, and spend $50,000 to go to culinary school. And then right. they think they're fucking chefs and they come into my kitchen and they didn't know shit. I'd be like, grab a broom, start sweeping. Like you went to fucking school and paid all this fucking it's, money just to get a fucking from minimum Frasier wage job, is, dude. Is like culinary school, not culinary. Culinary. Everyone pronounces yeah. that wrong. Yep. Yeah. Colon sounds well, like something else. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, you learn like, look, schools, whatever. But that the way of like teaching like 30 people at a time and all that, it just doesn't work. Like apprenticeships are where it's at. If I like when I was teaching martial arts, like, okay, we're going to. I mean, I can have a class and teach everybody, whatever. But if someone's going to be like my assistant instructor or something, like we're going to have one-on-ones because it's not just learning how to do it. It's learning how to teach it too, right? Like whatever. But we still have that Ben Franklin style apprenticeship in every level of education. You learn on the job training, no matter what your degree is or isn't, you have to go there and learn it hands-on, right? For almost everything. So and but in Jefferson's time, that was the normal method was the the master and the pupil, the, the apprenticeships for every kind of occupation. This general education was new. You know, they started saying, well, everybody needs to learn how to read. Ben Franklin said everyone should learn how to read and swim. That was his like a certain um, verifiable standard of physical fitness is you know how to swim and a bit of mental prowess. Like, can you read and write? Right. You can, You can prove that. It's not like a degree. You either do it or you can't, right? So he said every, every American should have the minimal education of knowing how to swim and read. And I'm glad they added swim to it. It's like they didn't they didn't discount physical education like it didn't mean anything. Because it certainly did. You know, and then you would have needed horsemanship and lots of other stuff you don't need now. Now we have driver's ed, I guess. But like there was some equivalent thing for you know being able to travel, being able to do this. So yeah, they knew. How to make a candle. That was a big deal. Now you don't need it, but <laughs> you need to learn how to pay your electric bill, though. <laughs> fucking hey, dude. Yeah, it fucking sucks. So let's talk a little bit about the fucking uh, the war of northern aggression. Mm -hmm. Don't like calling it the Civil War. There's Do you nothing. see the uh, that pillow up there? 
It says yeah. fuck Lincoln. That's what that says. <laughs> so can we start with the boomer uh you know version? Because that's what that's the one that I grew up with, right? Is that yeah. it was a war over slavery, right? And that the North won because they were the good guys fighting back against the evil slave owners. That's the mm. that's the boomer explanation, right? The southern hicks, those stupid assholes, <clears throat> those racists. And then yeah. and then I've heard the I guess like the alternate southern switch didn't happen or did happen version which was that uh it was about trading rights and that it was about the north uh cutting the south out of supply and out of you know production and was essentially going to starve them out of existence and that that's what the whole thing was over and that slavery was just like a tangential thing so i'm not sure if those are even the two opposite ends of the spectrum or how close those two are first together off on the bullshit meter Almost every war has more than a reason, right? There's a bunch yeah, of things. Right. And the well, even a car accident has more than just one reason. Exactly. So the slavery stuff, you could put the rest real easy because many of the northern states with blue uniforms and guns fighting the south also had slaves. Kentucky had slaves. Delaware had slaves. New Jersey had slaves. Maryland had slaves. D.C. had slaves. Missouri had slaves. Perfectly legal slavery in all those states. So did the Nevada territories and California had outlawed it on paper, but not really because they definitely had slaves the whole time. And they continued to have slaves after the war, both with the Cooley trade and with African and Native Americans. So that and South Carolina had been trying to secede for 30 years. And then during their first secession with the nullification, John Calhoun and all these things, it was absolutely over the tariff issue. Slavery wasn't even brought up by either side because it was just how it was. A lot of northern states that had ended slavery had only ended slavery for blacks. And, you know, months before ending slavery, they just sold their slaves south, right? Got the money. And then they're like, oh, now it's illegal. And that's because they didn't want to live with them. They didn't want it. They didn't. They saw it as an ill. They went to script pay, which is still on the spectrum of slavery. And that would last up until the 1920s, where you have to buy from the company store and rent your equipment and all that. That went on and on. They they did that to the Irish and the Italians and the um it's a little bit degree of some of the polish and other like catholic immigrants basically um the corwin amendment was offered prior to the formation of the confederacy it said and this is out of ohio and new york right and it stated a constitutional amendment that enshrined labor rights to the states which meaning if you want to keep your slaves you can and it will take another constitutional amendment to reverse this and the northern states were good with this because they're like, but the deal was, if you don't stay in the union, you can't vote to ratify this. So it was a way like, if you want to ratify this bill, this uh, amendment that enshrines slavery in the Constitution, all you have to do is stay in the union and vote for it. So they had offered them, you can have your slaves if you stay in the union. And they still That's didn't wild, take that man. deal that because is, that was never a something I've never heard before. Corbin yeah. Amendment. Look it up. From Corbin out of Ohio, congressman from Ohio. It was uh, co-sponsored by New York. And Lincoln personally wrote the governors of southern states, personally wrote letters to them saying to accept the Corbin Amendment and stay in the Union. That you, If you stay in the Union, you can keep your slaves. And they still left because that wasn't the reason for secession. That was like an extra incentive. Like, hey, uh, look, we're not going to mess around with institutional slavery. Don't worry about that, whatever. They're like, no, that doesn't matter. Because um, whether they stay or go, they still have them anyway. 
what was saying, the actual uh, tariff? What wasn't it that they were charging an extra tariff on top of imported English goods, and then they were going to remove it? There was both therefore so, being able to undersell the South. What had happened was at first you had this horrible tariff, which is why South Carolina is the main port city. Charleston was the fourth biggest city uh, in the United States. It was like, I think it was uh, Philly, Boston, and New York, Charleston, and New Orleans at that time, right? And at that time, like the most populous state is Pennsylvania. The most populous southern state is Virginia. It's not like Texas and Florida were these itty-bitty, hardly, you know, nobody there other than the natives. Comanche were in Texas. Seminoles and Georgians and all this were in Florida. Florida had less than 100,000 people. Like the New Orleans was bigger than the whole state of Florida for Europeans, English-speaking people, whatever. So it wasn't like now. Virginia is the main thing, and Virginia includes West Virginia until the war, right? So that was the biggest southern state. Pennsylvania was the biggest northern state. Philly, you know, <clears throat> you know, they wanted the capital to be in Philly at first, right? Because moved to D.C. Philly was the main Yankee state. Or not Philly. Pennsylvania is the main Yankee state. And South Carolina wanted a free trade zone. And a lot of the rivers and stuff go South Carolina. So a lot of North Carolina, because the Outer Banks, they don't have a coastal city, still don't have one now, right? Would send their goods by rail to South Carolina. South Carolina also would send raw goods, cotton, tobacco, and stuff up north by rail or ship. And then it would be sent to Europe from New York. And so what a lot of like apologists, retards would do be like, well, if you look at the exports of New York in the 1850s, which is before the Morrell tariff, by the way, look at how many it is. I'm like, because <laughs> they're just retransporting goods from South Carolina and everywhere else, because obviously... The South would take all its goods, sell as many of them as they can, the Northerners, because they're next door. And then excess would be sent from the North to the British, the French, to whatever. Because the, And they're still paying for the tax. It doesn't matter where it's physically sent out of, right? Lincoln, so the compromise on this horrible tax in the 1830s was, okay, we're going to lower it in increments every two years. We're going to lower the tax back down, right? Don't leave the Union. And South Carolina came close. They're like, mm -mm, we're going to separate. And nobody's talked about the illegality of that. Like secession, there have been secession movements in Texas, which Lincoln supported, by the way. There's a secession movement in uh, the Northeast before that. And then there's the one in South Carolina. And the compromise was we're going to look, we're going to lower the tariff, but not immediately. Gonna, every two years, we're going to lower it back down to where it was. As it was approaching this moment, Lincoln comes in and raises the tariff to 45%. Almost 50% tax, right? Yeah. And so when he tariffs European goods, this isn't just the export problem. It's the import problem because Europe's going to put a tariff on our goods as a response. But they're not buying from the North because they're already developed to make their own textiles. They don't need anything from Yankees. They need cotton. They need tobacco. They need things that tobacco is unique to the Americas, right? That's a Native American thing. That's not like they didn't have tobacco until it was brought over and planted in Europe. It didn't exist. Neither did potatoes, tomatoes, turkey. All this stuff comes from the Americas. And the South has a lot of these cash crops. What was 80% of the world's cotton came from the South. 80% of the world's cotton came from the Southern part of the United States. Yeah. And so it was going to cripple them. And the majority of the taxes on these exports and, and uh, user fees and freight fees and all these things 
were put on were the burden of the south but majority of that revenue for public works was spent in the north and a lot of it was government subsidies the birth of mercantilism where the railroads and the steel foundries and the businesses in the north are getting government grants and so they realize hey we have more people we can just vote ourselves money and they were and the south saw the writing on the wall the north is getting this influx of immigrants from the irish potato famines and other things and plus they're physically closer to europe and coming over by boat so they're landing in these Yankee port cities, which are growing exponentially. And they're going to just outvote us. They're going to tax us and spend it on themselves. This is, again, taxation without representation. And they were. I mean, we were like 90%. Uh, all the tax revenue. And it wasn't even the North. It was being spent in Boston, Philly, and New York City. It wasn't really going to uh, Kentucky or whatever. Like It was going to these three cities mostly. In New York City, also tried to secede, 1861, January 6th, the real January 6th, over the same issue. They're like, if you let South Carolina have a free trade zone, we don't want to pay this tax if they don't have to pay this. So we don't want to pay this because a lot of the goods from the South were being shipped out from New York. Right. And so they're like, we're not paying this. Um. That secession movement, by the way, uh, there were wards in New York that seceded and did not rejoin the Union officially until World War II. And you can no see shit. there's a fire department in New York that still has the Confederate battle flag and the New York State flag <laughs> on their emblem. Isn't that pretty cool? So one of the very last like ward in the Americas to rejoin the Union was actually in New York City, not the South. <laughs> That's the last Confederate general to uh, to throw in the towel was a Native American, Stan Whitey. Yep, Wyatt. Excuse me. All right, so anyway, like, and then look, Fort Sumter. What did they do at Fort Sumter? They collected taxes. It's a fort in the water, right? People don't know this. The fort's out in the water, so your ships have to come in and out and pay the import and export taxes. And they didn't really attack Fort Sumter. They shot around it and stuff. Like, nobody died. They were just like, get the hell out of here, you know. But Lincoln, prior to Fort Sumter being fired on, sent the, the SS Harriet Lane, which was a revenue cutter, and several warships as escorts into Charleston Harbor. April 8th, he sends them down. We get there on the 11th, right? They fired on the Nashville. For what? For not paying the tax. And they said, we don't have to pay the tax. We're not part of the United States anymore. We seceded. And they said, no, you got to pay the tax. And they shot across the bow. After the Yankees, who were there with their warships and revenue cutters and shot at southern ships, after that happened, then they fired at Fort Sumter, but not really. because They're not even trying to actually kill them. One Yankee did die, but it's because of his own misfired gun. Like just blew up when well, that happened sometime. It was nothing serious. And, but Lincoln had been pressured by Stewart and the bankers uh, in his ear to force Carolina back in the Union. And so at this time, Virginia, which is the largest southern state, and North Carolina, which is the second largest southern state, were still in the Union. Lincoln put a blockade on his own state so that South Carolina didn't just go up and then over, right? He blockaded his own states and he attacked them, right? Then 
Virginia secedes. Now you got a problem. Because that was the most populous southern state by far. And then at, finally, uh, North Carolina and Tennessee secede. But they had, that's the bulk of it. I mean, if you take away Virginia, Carolina, and Tennessee, there is no civil war. And what's left? Georgia? I mean, the rest of them are so sparsely populated. You know, like one's real city in New Orleans that, in Louisiana, nothing much going on in Arkansas or any of these, but they weren't developed the way they are now. Mississippi, Alabama, they weren't, I mean, Alabama was crucial in the war making cannons and things, but they weren't the, the bulk of the war is Virginia, Tennessee, North Carolina, and they had not seceded until after he attacked South Carolina. And I think the state that provided the most troops was North Carolina. But of course, you know, a big chunk of Virginia becomes West Virginia and goes on the other team. And they also had slaves. And there you go. West Virginia is not affected by the tariff because they're not on the coast. And so they stay in the Union. But everybody along the river lines and coast in Virginia is affected greatly by the tariff and they seceded. And if you look at the votes in North Carolina, Wilmington, which was bigger than Raleigh at the time, right? The port city is every time secede 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 but the western half of the state never never did agree with it in fact north carolina sent as many troops to the union as it did the south almost in the end of the war the third largest divisions for the yankees were north carolinians so this i mean they're right up there with pennsylvania massachusetts like there's many people from the carolinas fighting on the on the american side uh, as there were from some of the Midwest states, right? This so, might be hard to know, but at the time, was this seen as like a political divided thing? Was this like well, East Tennessee Democrat was the same way? East Tennessee never they tried to remain neutral because they're not affected by the tariff. Everybody along the Mississippi and everybody along the coastline was devastated. But those people in like Western Virginia, Western North Carolina, East Tennessee it didn't matter, right? It was like they wanted to be part of the United States still, right? They still had slaves, and they, but no one was talking about getting rid of them. Lincoln doesn't do the Emancipation Proclamation until the middle of the war. And he so didn't free, and the Northern, and the, sorry, the foreign papers made fun of him. It's like, so you kept all the slaves in all the territory you control and freed them where you have no control at all, right? So it's yeah. just, he was trying to create a slave revolt. Because yeah. at that time, they were losing the war. They lost Bull Run. They lost. They went in Virginia. They got kicked out. They were getting their ass kicked in the beginning of the war. And so they were, you know, any tactic they could, like, let's start a slave revolt. The irony is there were no slave revolts in the South, but there were slave revolts in the North because of the Emancipation Proclamation. These Yankees, who were also racist, were like, we're not fighting for no nibbas. And the draft riot in New York went around and was the, at that time the largest lynching and almost exclusively of blacks in American history. That would be surpassed later. But like they that's what the, you watch gangs in New York, right, where they're running around lynching each other and stuff. They didn't the movie the Hollywood. They made it look like natives versus the Irish or whatever. Like, <laughs> they went around hanging blacks because they were not going to fight a war to end slavery. Right. They were mad about it. So Lincoln's plan backfired. None of the southern slaves revolted. There was no slave revolt anywhere. But in the north, they popped up all over the place, especially New York City. Fascinating, man. That's fucking interesting. And he could they controlled a little piece of Tennessee at that time. And they didn't 
free the slaves there. And they didn't free slaves in West Virginia or Maryland or DC or Kentucky or Delaware. New Jersey was starting to phase it out. They're like, okay, you can still have slaves, but after this certain date, you can no longer inherit the children or whatever. So it was eventually going to get phased out. We don't know because uh, the 13th amendment ends up ending it everywhere. But the last state to end slavery in, in the entirety of the United States was New Jersey. This is the Yankee state. The other Thomas, two what was, that creepy was Delaware and Kentucky with the second last. There wasn't a single slave in the entire South and Delaware, Kentucky and Jersey were still practicing slavery. Now they did end slavery in Washington, DC during the war. It was such a small territory. DC was way smaller than it is now. It was actually confined to what it was supposed to be, but he paid the slave owners $300. And he, and he also offered the slaves a hundred dollars, which is a lot of money back then. If they'd leave the country. So you can see what his motive was. He didn't want them moving up north or anything. He wanted them out of the country. Here's a hundred bucks. Get on a boat. Nate, you're you're about to ask, I think, about the last slave ship uh yeah. that hit American soil. It was a Jekyll Island. The, the ship was called the Wanderer, and it was November 28, 1858, and it had 400 uh African slaves that were brought over here after it was made illegal. Yeah, or what they do is like, oh, you can't bring them across the Atlantic from Africa, so we'll bring them up from the Caribbean. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. like, they tried. I mean, ending slavery was hard for everybody. Like in Europe, every every place that ended slavery, it was a process. Like France ended it and then brought it back again and then ended it again. Like it wasn't smooth anywhere that I can think of off the top of my head. But it was something that kind of globally in the West was being gotten rid of and but not anywhere else and so they're like oh white people did this and that europeans did this and that I'm like europeans into slavery before anybody right unless you I go back to ancient story. times with cyrus the great or something like yeah they are the ones that ended slavery and had to go around policing it everywhere else africa the middle east asia everywhere else still had slaves brazil still had slaves latin america had slaves like they had a fuck ton of slaves now yeah. now mexico ended slavery pretty kind of early i mean you're talking about 1820s but um ryan i heard not this really story. tell me what you think about the tell me if this is true or not that the south was reaching out to the british empire for some backup and the brits refused because of the whole slavery issue is that well, true britain was that britain was afraid that the north would invade canada and they could have mm. so they weren't gonna they brits didn't did they get sell their ass kicked to... every time they fought canada like back in the day, didn't they try to fight Canada and got their fucking asses handed to them? This no, the, the Americans heard. took over Canada and Britain really? traded territory that what happened is Canada got to keep its territory because Britain had taken over some Caribbean islands and they exchanged them. They're like, we'll give you this back if you give us that back. And the islands were much more valuable than Canada at that time because there's no oil. Probably it's not a big is. deal. This is a frozen tundra, whatever. Yeah. It probably could be. Yeah. Sugar was valuable. Sugar was like gold, you know? They wanted like the the French colony of Haiti made them more money than all the rest of them. Like they they wanted to hold that, and there was a slave revolt there. But anyway, like no Canada um, got wiped out. Now Canada in tandem with Britain, like oh we burned the White House, like that doesn't win wars. Like if you look at the Revolutionary War, how many British cities did the Americans sack? None. I mean, other than John Paul Jones messing around in Scotland, except they didn't even go to Britain. They lost to New York. Like Britain took New York. They took all the major. That doesn't. It's like Ukraine. Oh, we got this piece. We got 
what wins the war is killing off the other side's army, right? And you're losing on the battlefields. The Americans don't want to fight inside their own city. They're going to drag you away from your warships further and further west. It's what General Green did. He gets no credit, right? It's, it's always, I mean, Washington, he does deserve credit, but maybe Benedict Arnold was a good general too. He just changed teams. But what they did was, you know, Lafayette maybe, but Green, I think, underrated, because he's like, get them away from their warships and supplies. Suck them into the West. And everyone thinks it was guerrilla warfare. And that's how they won. They fought like Indians. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, the, the Not Patriot, really. Right? It was the Continental <laughs> Army. Yeah, when British. I was shot like, at was... in school, that the I red coats refused to take off their red jackets. And we were guerrilla warriors. And we'd wear brown yeah, and yellow. And we'd wrong. pick them off like Sounds good. Flies and... Didn't work. Like, yeah. guerrilla... you can't just, like, the volley system the British were doing super effective one kneels shoots one standing shoots and like by the time this one's done with its shot that one's been reloaded so it says pow 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 everything in front of it got annihilated it didn't matter what your code is they know where you are you're in a big pack you fire that direction you hit something that guy goes down the guy behind him i mean you you had to have do the same thing back with a better volley it was the only way you could go around and pick stuff like oh we're gonna hide in the trees you're not gonna go to the trees they're just not going to go there. Like, they're not going to walk through the woods like that. Like, they're coming to your city to take your stuff. That's where your food is, your money, your banks, your infrastructure. You're going to go starve in the woods without it. So you need to protect your city, right? You can't just go all fish in the river or whatever. So Redcoats are coming in. That volley system worked. But it was the Continental Army doing the same thing back and cannon and flanks and the same, you know, thing. Uh, but with a lot of French weapons and support. Uh, that took them out. And the problem with the British Army, and the guerrilla welfare helps. I mean, having snipers, everybody's always had sharpshooters and stuff, but it just, you're not killing thousands. You're killing dozens. It doesn't make that much of a difference. It hurts morale. You can go around and take out their supply lines and spend, you know, send the cavalry that way and this way. But the main bulk of the battle is army versus army. It really was. It's a cool story, bro. That, yeah, yeah, we're gonna, we, we were hiding. They, they lined up like a bunch of idiots. They were not a bunch of idiots. That line formation works. We still have lines today, right? We still hold the line. We still do this for infantry fire. Like it is overwhelming force when that gets going. But anyway, Green sucked them in away from their warships because we could not compete with the British Navy. But on the ground, the problem the Brits had is a lot of their soldiers were mercenaries and they're looking around. Hey, I'm pretty far away from England. Why don't I just fuck off and have a homestead? I'd never have that over there, right? A lot of German or Hessen uh, my, uh, militia and stuff they had hired just became Americans. So put this gun down, I'm out, right? As soon as they started losing, they're like, what am I doing? Why am I going to die for the, them, right? They didn't have the control, the command that they needed. They didn't have the discipline. It broke down. They speak the same language. They're not fighting like a foreigner like they usually did, right? And a lot of the British success around the world was using their army from India with Indian soldiers, right? And they didn't care about killing Chinese or who in Hong Kong or whatever. But when they're in America, like, it's very easy to just blend in. Right? Just put your gun down, change your clothes. And, and they had a lot of people desert. And then, you know, Washington had some key victories, Valley Forge and stuff, hit them in the winter. Like, we attacked them on Christmas. Like, everybody that didn't fight in the winter was like this thing. We're like, yeah, well, we're gonna, you know, like. They did some pretty like uh, what would be considered at the time very cheap and ungentlemanly uh, maneuvers. Now, the guerrilla warfare, that old Indian tactic and stuff did help. 
but that is not what won the war. Like the generals in the Continental Army won the Revolutionary War and Canada didn't was not it was much more even then than it is now. Like they'd get steamrolled today, but they weren't really a threat. The Brits were the threat. Britain had Britain fought that war with one arm behind his back because they're already dealing with stuff in Europe at the same time, right? If they had really concentrated and really wanted to squash the colonies, they probably might have been able to. But the colonies waited till they knew when Britain was occupied with other things, made key allies with the French because they needed the gunpowder and stuff from the French. And, you know, that they were able to do it and they were able to beat him again in 1812, although they were losing. The Native American regiments had defeated us. The Pontiac War, he won that. Tecumseh won that. But then the British didn't let the natives in their forts, left them out there. And so they lost their native allies. And without them, they lost again. But it's like all you had to do was like keep your promises to these natives. You gave them the weapons. They've been waiting for those. <laughs> all you got to do the is natives not had be the British. same kind of guns as the Americans. They destroyed them. But that really the Brits double crossed them. So the natives like, well, we're not fighting for you anymore. And that was the end of uh, the Great Lakes region. The Americans took over the Ohio, the Ohio Valley region and got their victories over the British again. So stupid mistakes, man. The French had allied with the natives, but, you know, they sold the whole Louisiana Purchase. I mean, they needed gold. And, you know, Napoleon had plenty of things going on. So he, he, he wanted it. He wanted the money and he was taking over Europe at the time. But anyway, yeah, France used to be, everyone talks about, oh, French run away, rah, 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 blitzkrieg. If you look at their track record, they've won 84% of their wars and battles. That's pretty damn good. It's actually the highest in Europe is the French. Yeah, people are talking a lot of shit about the French. Uh, which I do too. But, but they suck today. No, so I really <laughs> like to talk shit about it. Freedom fries only over here. <laughs> Walter Jones. R.I.P. Walter Jones. He did change his mind about that. <laughs> Freedom fries. Uh, that's native too. French fries. So is popcorn. You know, Jefferson had a hand in making macaroni and cheese. That's true, man. Isn't that cool. Yep. They paid off his guy owed him money and couldn't pay it all, and he gave him two wheels of cheese, like money plus two giant wheels of cheese, which you can't refrigerate back then, right? So he just started putting cheese in everything. And macaroni was very fashionable. It was from China, after all. It was exotic thing, right? These noodles. And he macaroni slapped together mac and cheese. China? Yeah, macaroni, spaghetti, all that's from China. Yep. It's not Are Italian. You serious? I thought it was serious. fucking Italian. No. Well, it was like Italy Vermicelli didn't do anything originally. Italy's right? a lot like Britain. It steals shit from other people and says we did this. Like that's what they do. No, it's all all that pasta's from China. Yep. But mac and cheese is American. Because it, they would the Chinese would just look at that like, what are you doing? But <laughs> they're they're doing what? <laughs> Savages, you know. But it's good, man. Mac and cheese is the bomb. And according to Good Eats, you know, Thomas Jefferson, because not everybody had access to fucking exotic Chinese noodles, right? But Jefferson did. And he combined it with cheese and it was a big hit and it was mac and macaroni and cheese. You know, the um, Yankee Doodle Dandy poem, right? Where it's like, you know, stuck a feather in his hat and called it macaroni. It means 
a feather is a quill. So, I mean, if you had a feather in your hat, it was a way of signaling to everybody, hey, I can read and write. But then it became people just put it in to make it look like they could read and write. It was fashionable, have a feather. But it was like the carpenter still has the pencil right here in his ear, right? Well, back then it was the quill inside the hat. And they're like, dandy just meant like fancy, right? Like, oh, you think you're fancy and educated because you have a, a feather. And but the thing was, what he called it macaroni was also saying like, oh, you think you're such a worldly guy because you have this new thing from China. China was so far away. You got to understand, like to get something in China was a big deal. Right. Well, they even they even had a little club they called the Macaroni Club, which was about, you know, like world explorers. But they would like wear makeup and wear frilly clothing and stuff just to kind of show how progressive and advanced right. they were essentially how yeah. how world traveled they were because a lot of that frilly clothing's handmade like it took skill it wasn't like you couldn't just factory shit this shoot this stuff out and uh yeah i mean all the way down from macaroni comes mackin and mac daddy and all that was from derived from the slang over time so you still like daddy if mac so crisscross was actually referencing yeah, the macaroni club macking macking <laughs> is actually an older word all the way from the um 19th century they had mackin it kind of faded away and came back again but it's like it's funny and even if it, it could be coincidence but it's like we have mac daddy mac and all that now it's not from mcdonald's right but mac is a scottish like uh preface for surname right and mick is irish but uh, it was like these the macadoos and stuff and but it was no it's from macaroni it just meant like i'm a worldly cool dude or whatever like oh i have french wine having stuff like you have to understand as you go back in time a lot of products were niched to a certain area you couldn't just replicate it wherever like today you can buy turkey in europe easy they have turkey farms and stuff but you couldn't it's all from the americas so they had to bring those animals over there breed them it takes a long time now they have them you can have tobacco in europe too you don't have to buy it from the united states they grow their own but all that stuff used to be this only in this area and this wine is only from this vineyard in this area and this iron is from the iron ore in greece or whatever right you had to go very far to get indigo to get sugar to get this to get that and so it had a kind of exotic quality it well, it's was like champagne out right from, like like yeah, champagne yeah. and cognac a lot exactly, of people say it's cities. not real unless it came from that region but there's not a lot of products that have maintained that same sort of like yeah. regional yeah bourbon's another great example yeah, but it it was it's hard for people today to fathom this because it's like well, anybody can get a piano from wherever, anybody can get a bottle of wine from. Yeah, I could. I agree. Amazon, I, right? <laughs> I guarantee you, I could probably go to the convenience store and find French wine, Californian wine, Japanese wine, whatever, downstairs, at basically like a Seven Eleven. Right, but that wasn't how it used to be. Right? So things were costly and fancy, and it was seen like, oh, you have, oh, you have the thing. And you, and you also, you can't just see shit on TV. There's no TV. So like, it's a big deal when someone comes out with a thing that you've heard about, read about, whatever. And there they are with the belt buckle on their shoe or whatever. It's like, well, dang. Yeah. He's got that thing that I've been reading about for years and years. I saw somebody with one of those and it wasn't just, it kind of gets desensitized because we've all seen all the types of cars and all the types of whatever, at least in a movie or TV or something. So it does lessen the impact. If you just roll up and see that in real life. So you got to think like how these people thought, how important the uniform was. The dress had power. You can go back to biblical times with the robes, right? The story a lot. You know, they saw him without his robes. 
the uniform. Derek Jensen writes about this his book called The Culture of Make Believe. His father was a uniform salesman, military uniforms and whatever, right? And he knew the power of it. Because look at some of these people in the Biden administration. If they're just wearing t-shirt or whatever, <laughs> nobody take them seriously. But you know, Lloyd Austin's there, he's got his coat and his tie and whatever. And if he doesn't talk too much, he looks normal. But as soon as you start speaking, you're like, oh, he's an idiot. But the dress, maybe not for us, me, you, and you. But for a lot of people, that uniform still carries a lot of mystique and ooh, you know, the queen when they're decadence and they have this gown and the crown. It's art to make you feel small. That's part of the power of the cathedral, the mosque or whatever, why they got more and more fancy. Like, aren't we supposed to be given to the poor? Why do we have like stained glass windows and chandeliers and golden pipe organ and all this crap? And so when the peasants come in there, they feel the all striking power of like the the display of the art yeah. is to make you feel like a shameful, sinful, guilty shit. That's easy to manipulate. Dude, <laughs> so some, of that like, fucking, some of that fucking shit that like Charles was like wearing and like where they did it on that rock and like the sword and the scepter and all that. Oh yeah. Wild shit. Pomp and circumstance. Yeah. Yeah. But that's like, what's the difference? If Charles is just dressed how I am now, he's just an old dude. It's yeah. the robes and all that that gives him this mystique to. Well, it reminds me of thinking uh, people. <laughs> uh, Edward Bernays when he was on. Uh, I don't remember that that old TV show, and he showed up and he was dressed up as a scientist in a white cloak, and then he sits there and he's breaking it down and talking to the audience, and he goes, "You're going to take me seriously, more seriously, and you're going to listen to what I have to say because I'm wearing this jacket." And, he, and he's explaining to them how he's manipulating them in real time. He goes, "When I wear this white lab coat, now you're going to think of me as like someone smarter than you, and think of you know someone." Yeah. That knows what they're talking, talking about, about. An, an appeal to authority fallacy yeah. he's the guy yeah. that made bacon for breakfast he's the guy that got females to start smoking cigarettes no yep. women were not smoking cigarettes he's like watch i'll get audrey hepburn to do one she's an alpha female yep. monkey liberty what yep. they, liberty sticks right is that what they call them or something oh like i don't that? know like, it might have been yeah was it called liberty sticks yeah and he was like pushing it on women like this is how you're independent mm -hmm. this is how you are and he got a big chunk of them to, to copy it and start buying cigarettes where they yeah. was like zero before and then they were yeah it's the it's the lemming and effect he got men to wear watches Floyd's nephew that, right <laughs> yeah men didn't <laughs> used to wear uh watches they used to always wear uh, have pocket watches yeah and they thought there was more of a feminine thing to do to wear a, a wrist watch and he convinced men to do that. So became a flex because like, instead of pulling it out, it was like, you got it all the time. You can wear your wealth on your arm. Yeah. And it's like, Oh, I'm not trying to do that. That's just my watch. Like who needs a $10,000 watch? They all sell time, right? You're doing that to show everybody that you have enough money to have one of these things. That's all it is. Same with rings and all that stuff, but it's a flex, you know, and jewelry, it used to be like, dude, you had to go into the mines and dig that out of the ground to find that little shiny thing can make them synthetically now but it's so you know gold and uh rubies emeralds all these precious stones and stuff it took a certain degree of labor and prowess and all that to, to get that so they're not just going to give it up real easy so if you traded whatever to get that meant you you know must be pretty successful those are expensive things to have but to a lot of people gaining envy from other people is worth the price of anything that's why they yeah. need it they seek an external validation and so they have to have all the trappings and ornaments and stuff 
to show to show to themselves there is somebody yeah. because they're being validated by others. It reminds me of a story that I read about Cecil Rhodes when he was in college, uh, when he was when he was uh, coming home back to England uh, from the diamond mines and shit. He would always have pockets full of diamonds and rubies to show off. He was like, "These are just my pocket diamonds." <laughs> he gets Rhodesia named after him. Yeah, Cecil fucking Rhodes is such a cunt. Well, that's another great example too of of something that got programmed in, right? Where all of a sudden diamond became like, um, yeah, diamonds are forever. Thing. That was his shit. Yeah, but that didn't happen until like the the early twentieth century, right? Was that well, a lot of it was Marilyn Monroe? Or... Diamonds are a girl's best friend. Well, how did a diamond get above all the other kinds of stones? Yeah, yeah, it was a marketing because there's more of those than there are of those. Uh, if it was Edward Bernays that fucking did that. Or someone like that. Yeah. Well, certainly it was, Hollywood. Yeah. Wild fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I've missed the ding. I love it. Uh, fuck yeah. Anyway, yeah. Lincoln sucks. Cecil Rhodes sucked. Yeah. Um, you could do a whole show on Cecil Rhodes. Dude, Have you ever I seen um, The Magnificent African Cake? Jonathan Pilgrim? Uh-uh. Check that one out. It's got a bit on Cecil Rhodes, too. What is it called? The Magnificent Cake? Magnificent African Cake. Interesting. I like Excellent it. documentary. Can you tell me, in your opinion, why did Lincoln get smoked? Was there, like, because there's all kinds of deep, like, conspiracies. I mean, it's like it. maybe there is a God. <laughs> <laughs> Those conspiracies are stupid. They're like, oh, yeah. the bankers killed him. No, they didn't. First of all. It was the that... Freemasons. It wasn't the bankers. No, it and... wasn't. It was Confederate. <laughs> No, it was Confederate Intelligence Agency. They were trying to kill him. They tried to kill Secretary Seward at the same time, who did get stabbed in the face. The only reason his throat didn't get cut is he had a brace around his neck from an injury from falling off a horse. And so that and they pulled the covers down and that was in the way. So they just stabbed him in the face, which should kill someone, but it didn't. He survived, unfortunately. Lincoln gets shot in the head, comes out his right eye. He died the next day. He stopped breathing. So I hope was it John Wilkes Booth? I mean, I guess that is pretty. It was. Uh, yeah, John Wilkes Booth. John Wilkes based. <clears throat> shot him. <laughs> you know, you can blame Mrs. Lincoln because the day before they went to the play, she was just nagging at Abe, going, You never take me to the theater. <laughs> <laughs> you never take me anywhere nice. <laughs> Mrs. Lincoln looked like Abe Lincoln with less hair on his face. No she shit. is the ugliest woman in history besides Lincoln's mother. She must have fucked good or something. I don't know. They're like, no, he was he wasn't really in the girl. That was a she put her whole her. pussy into it. That's what it, it was. Feels like I feel like everyone was ugly. Like, no, nah, they weren't. Abe was a uh, probably a closet homosexual. Probably. Yeah, you were telling us a little bit about that, how he was sleeping with his with his home. Back when men were devastating depression when his boyfriend (laughs) married a woman. (laughs) Grant was uh how to let's say he had an inappropriate love for dogs. Really? Here comes Grant, hide your dog. Yeah. (laughs) You know what's cool? We're talking about presidential um, animals. No, he really Grant was probably the first. (laughs) <laughs> U.S. president, <laughs> inappropriate uh, love for dogs. Andrew Jackson had a parrot that he taught to cuss like a sailor. I, I can um, appreciate that. Yeah, I mean it's Andrew Jackson, and apparently, <clears throat> it would do it all the time, and it would do it in his voice. 
right? Swearing up and down, GD this and that. And at his funeral, where everybody's, you know, it's a funeral. They're all, you know, the president's dead. And this parrot just flies out and just breepity, 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 breep in Jackson's voice, so, which they had to remove the bird, right? So I was like, my mother-in-law just opened the door. Um, they had to remove the bird because it was saying this, that, this, that, F and D and S and you know, in Jackson's voice. And I was like, that's awesome. The last thing they ever heard from Andrew Jackson was bleepity bleepity bleep. But, uh, you know, he would say it to the bird because he couldn't say it to anyone else. It was one of these African gray parrots. Uh, and they can get the same vocabulary as like a three-year-old. I had one and I taught it all the wrestling catchphrases. It would, you know, it, it would walk like a bird does. So we, we would turn around and go, woo, yeah. like Ric Flair. <laughs> and be like, it's, you'd say, what's your name? And it would go, <laughs> it'd say that to you. What's your name? And he said, yeah, I don't really like talking to a bird. You're already dumb. Oh, my name's And we'd interrupt you. It doesn't matter what your name is. <laughs> In the rock's voice. Cause I tape recorded it. So I would play it and it would do stuff. It'd be like, know your old Chevroni. <laughs> Austin 316, so I just whooped your ass. And it would just go off wrestling catchphrase. As soon as I walk in the door, woo, it would do flare. And then you go up to it and it would just start spitting them out. It was the funniest thing. You can't win an argument with the bird, it's just mimicking you anyway. And it would just cut you down with wrestling catchphrases. And it's just so funny. It's like walking away. It's like, yeah, brother. It's just like, <laughs> it knew them all too. And the way I trained it, tape recorder and a bag of Cheesy Puff uh, Cheetos. Love those things. I tried peanuts. I tried all kinds of stuff. But for this bird, anyway, Cheetos was its jam. And that would, would be a dope feathery like, persona. Say it. You know, like, it's like, do it. Do it. Say this. <laughs> <laughs> a wrestling fucking parrot. Yeah. To be the man, you got to beat the man. Woo! <laughs> it had the whole alligator shoes speech. People would come over to my house to hear this bird just go off about, you know, jet flying, limousine riding, kiss, <laughs> stealing, wheeling, dealing, son of a gun. And I'm having a hard time keeping these alligator shoes down. Woo! It's just like, you're just like the best. It's a parrot. Yeah, man. It's dead now, though. Oh, well. Possum got it. Oh, that fucking sucks, man. If anybody's if got a parrot, though, wrestling today. catchphrases are a pretty damn funny thing to teach it. Yeah. That's about the full length that it can do, too. Like, a few sentences, it's out, you know. But it can do the flair speech if you have enough Cheetos. Teach it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's fucking awesome, man. We had a parrot that could do the whole Annie Griffith song. It could whistle the whole thing. That was, like, the, the crowning achievement. He's from Manio. You know that? Annie Griffith I, played Sir Walter Raleigh in the Lost Colony play. I don't know that. Yeah, he's from the island next to ours. Yep. Oh, they had shit. the Annie Griffith show. And he was Matlock, I think, after that. Played a lawyer. That's right. That's, that's one of ours. He's a Carolinian. <laughs> I used to smoke Every old person watched night. Matlock. All of them. I'm convinced. It was like Golden Girls and Matlock. That's what they're into. Fucking a dude. Yeah, we should... you can tell someone's a real Golden Girls fan when they had like a favorite Golden Girl, Sophia or Blanche or whatever they were. Yeah, Dorothy. I know the name. It was the original Sex in the City. 
<laughs> Which one was the whore? Kind of. Was it Blanche? I don't know. <laughs> I remember the names, but I don't remember who was who. It was uh, the youngest. Betty White played there. there yeah, it wasn't Betty, Betty White. White. It wasn't B. Arthur. It was the one that wasn't those two. Yeah, it wasn't Betty White. But she is based as hell. She passed away recently, right? Like two years ago. Something like that. Yeah. But uh, just her giving someone the bird was so funny. Because yeah, it's just she not was her. fucking great. Her and fucking Joan Rivers. Love them, dude. Hey, Joan Rivers died doing what she loved, too. Getting a facelift. Calling call Michelle O'Trani, yeah. <laughs> she, she just went off on Palestinians and then uh, died on the table. Yeah. That was the case, like, besides Michael Jackson, that's like the worst plastic surgery for a famous person I knew about was Joan Rivers. But nowadays, you see people with the, Dude, Dolly with the aliens, the giant like lip and cheekbones. It's, yeah. That's really uh, body dysmorphia, whatever, to people that get addicted to plastic surgery and get the ridiculously sized whatevers. And like they, they erase their nose to where it's just like holes. Oh, dude, they're fucking freaks. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Dolly Parton, back in the day, she Those was really kind of sexy. Dolly she Parton was... is not silicone. That's no. why it was. A... Dolly Parton was Dolly Parton before silicone existed. That's true. That's yep. back when they used Bakelite. <laughs> she just had a good push-up bra or something. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, fucking her and Pam. One of the oldest jokes. This is a tree. This is Dolly. This is Dolly Parton. <laughs> yeah, dude. I used to have She's the fucking basic. biggest crush Dolly on Parton Dolly Parton. Has a program for children's books. Do you know about this? Mm. I think it's tied into Wick or one of these things, but she's got all these children's books and they're not like about, you know, transgender sex ops or whatever. They're regular books that uh are given to lower income families you get it one book a month or something or two books maybe and it's from her organization from dolly parton she's on the back of some of the books and you treat your children read along and whatever we had a cool thing here in korea uh which is like light years ahead in education of the united states that's not really saying much they have this like computer that they give to the kids it only has certain things and they have to go through all these challenges and stuff learning language or whatever it is and when they get enough, um, whatever they're winning in the game, that's actually sent out. And then they'll get presents in the mail along with the next book and the next challenge. So they've made it gaming. And my son, he's five, was so excited. He's like, I got 40 hearts. He did it like all in one day. And they gave him these two little like eraser skateboards and then some stickers or something and another book with more challenges. And he was just like, he didn't care what it was. He's like, I'm going to get a present in the mail tomorrow because I did all the homework. He did the whole thing for like the year. But um, yeah, he was stoked, dude. So they just give him more. Here's the next book. Here's the next challenge. It's pretty cool. It's interactive. And I know a lot of young boys like really enjoy gaming. No one knew this because games don't really come out till the 80s or whatever, right? And they weren't complex. Now they are. A lot of guys spend an inordinate amount of time gaming on this or that. So I think finding a way to like game up education is pretty cool. Like, okay, it's just homework, but it's like, instead of you don't get a zero tomorrow, it's, oh, you get something positive by doing it. 
Yeah, they man, made it tangible, you know? If you try to break it down, it's interesting. I think it's just like young men or just men in general like to have like a challenge and achievable goals and to like have a reward, like a reward system. I'll tell you what it is. Like, this is what, like I did this video on this one time and it went, like went viral and I had no idea that so many people were like kind of thinking about this topic. It's men want to see that whatever effort they're doing, putting into something, whether it's work or school, whatever, has a definitive result that's fair. Like if I put X amount of time and effort, I guaranteed to get this kind of reward. Whereas in a game, like the more you play or the better you are at it, the more stuff you get in the game and the further along in the game you get. Whereas in school, whether you try hard or not, you get the same grade. Right? There's no relationship between the result and the amount of effort you put in. And so they really gravitate to the thing that's like, I did like it's replaced this instinct. We used to farm fish hunt. Farmville was one of the most widespread games ever. Men and women were playing Farmville. And it's just this little thing where you're growing digital crops and stuff. But even whether, whether it's like Warcraft or whatever, where you're getting the gold and the timber or something, it's along these lines that tap into something of a certain period of, of patience and effort collecting stuff, collecting stuff. And then there's the thing at the end, a battle, like a hunt, killing the deer or whatever. But there's a tangible relationship between the results and the effort that they don't see in real life. Because in real life, in relationships, in school, and pick something, it, they know that it doesn't matter. It's just someone's deciding your outcome for you, and it doesn't really have a relationship to your how much effort you're putting in. So the gaming is like, it fulfills a need in young men. They want to hunt. They want to have some kind of activity that is tied to a definite result. And they're not seeing that anywhere else. Yeah, dude. I mean, it's it's borderline fucking sad for some of them, dude. Because I, I had a buddy who would spend hours and hours gaming. But in real life, he wasn't doing shit. You know what I mean? And then, like, he was like a fucking level 45 wizard with, a, you know, some fucking <laughs> right. wild shit. And so, like, in the game, he was a fucking god. And people would revere him. But in real life, he couldn't get a date. Like, thing is like what if you put all that time into this instead it wouldn't have yeah. mattered the thing is, it's like it's not like you can just transfer that over to this other thing because they're not going to put in however many damn hours you did learning some other thing because it might not matter right i don't know how many hours i've put in to uh coming up with this kind of stuff right but it doesn't translate into wealth whatever because they can just cancel you Right. Like I could do all the thing, have everything correct, know all this history, know all this economics, know all, all of the politics and stuff. And someone just steals my video. Right. So it's like, why? Why should I bother making a film? Some asshole that isn't banned is just going to take all my material and make a career off it. And I will not. Right. There's just certain pure injustices and unfairness inherent in our system, which is why I think so many people are on antidepressants and all this stuff is because it's like, they don't see the reason to put the time in when it like that is taken away. When is a game? It isn't. Yeah. And they're like, it's not like that guy probably doesn't know how to date. So it doesn't matter. So he found something else to do, but it's not like, well, if he didn't have that, he would have found another distraction. If he didn't have the game, he's still not going to, 
find girls, whatever. But a lot of dudes they've given up, like women aren't virgins anymore. They, they use men. They, a lot of them, you know, they, um, it's like, no one likes this whore culture, right? They don't like hookup culture. Well, I always ask the same question and don't, don't look at exceptions. Who controls access to sex, men or women? Women. So if you don't like hookup culture, who's to blame? Women. They're the ones that decide. Well, you can point it at gay out. hookup culture too, though, right? Because when, once it's like just two guys, <laughs> the gays don't like have a problem with hookup culture. <laughs> <laughs> when it's men and men, you have two male sex drives, and they're all for. Right, they don't right. want I mean, they can't have children anyway, whatever. But like, if you do have the value of you don't like three or fours or whatever, who controls access to sex? Girls do. If they wanted not to do that, then they just wouldn't do it. But yeah, they, they do is they're using sex to get ahead in life. So like, I have to do it because so-and-so did it. And so if I don't do it, she will. She'll get ahead and I won't. It's that kind of game. Yeah, man. Like, so you're admitting you're using sexuality to get ahead in life and use men. Yeah, okay. That's not what it's supposed to be. It's interesting, man, because like I do see, which is a good thing, a giant reaction to this disgusting culture where a lot of people are going more like I don't even like to use the word conservative, but like they're they're not acting like fuckholes, you know, <laughs> they're, they're trying to be less gross. Trad, they go the, I guess too far like, the other way with the incel people and stuff. Yeah, it's like that's or just giving up on it. I'm like, no, look, mm -hmm. there are. There you are run nice into those fucking nice idiots online. Like, uh, are you? You're. I'm sure you have to be familiar with MGTOWs. Men go the other them, way yeah. or whatever. Get up and go the other way. And like these guys, like, man, they would always like talk to me because I, I had a big following. I had this like right wing. Well, I was a conservative douchebag, and I had a big following. These guys would come and talk to me, and I would always can like tell them I was like, this was right around the time when I met my wife. I was like. Hey, do you guys really want to have like a right wing utopia and shit? Like, meet a nice girl at church. My and wife is a virgin when I met her. I fucking I met her. We got married, and now we have fucking kids. We bought a house. That's how. That's how you're you're subversive. But none of them culture. giving advice and, and stuff do that. They're not married. They're not monogamous relationships. They're fucking they turd buckets, dude. Because they talk about like, well, just fuck bitches. I'm just gonna fuck them and then drop them. And I'm like, okay, you're creating the whores that you hate. You know what I mean? <laughs> like they're just participating in it. The whores are already yeah. there. But it's um you can't judge women by hoe culture, right? Yeah. But it seems to be going on. But I mean, I'll take that over feminist any day. Feminists are the worst. But that's how you create fucking feminists by like just taking these hoes and fucking. But you don't have to find a good woman. You can build a good woman. Like if you get the right girl, a girl that hasn't been ruined yet. It's like weird science. Yeah. You can <laughs> like, like you can kind of uh build the relationship as you go, figure yeah. out what each other's interests and da, da, da. It's not like you gotta find someone that matches you perfectly. Like, no, yeah. you gotta just find someone that's available and single and loosely kind of relates. And then grow off each other, right? The idea, like, oh, I'm gonna find someone that like this, this, this yeah, perfect Abraham Lincoln exist. that uh, yeah. is a libertarian that isn't like, nah, yeah. I'm gonna find a girl and she can become all those things through conversations with yeah. me. Dude, I got, dude, I seriously got lucky because I we were having that political conversation. Eventually, right? Like we we're dating, we're courting. Like I'm gonna have to tell her I'm fucking anarchist and shit. I'm gonna tell her all my crazy. Yeah, but imagine things. just just and imagine the like, first date. 
when you're talking about whatever and she just looks up at you and stares you in the eyes and was like taxation is theft yeah keep her right? <laughs> can you imagine that just some girl like you're talking like um <laughs> watch the movie you're talking about it just out of the blue she's like taxation is theft and she hands and you her just like, gets rid of the bud light gets rid of it doesn't drink just having like tea or something no yeah yeah, kind of what happened. My wife is like, "Oh yeah, I, I fucking supported Ron Paul. I'm, I'm, I'm fucking. I don't think anything nuts." And I was like, "All right, well, we're gonna have to go get your fucking finger size and put a ring on it." She like, she like pulls out a Ron Paul thermos, and you're like, "Damn, what are you drinking?" She's like, "Raw milk." You're just like, "Oh man." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, dude. I mean, she's also into like peaceful parenting dude, and I like not teach vaccinating a girl our all kids, the right so things like, to say awesome. to have so many guys worship her. Like, I'm like, if you just said this, this, yeah. this, and this, I mean, she's gonna know some guy told you what to say because women like this don't exist. But man, I could have her, everybody wrapped around her finger, be hilarious. <laughs> like, build a girl, like, build a bear, like, say this, say that. <laughs> well, dude, awesome. that's what, like. There's like kind of cute, like sevens, you know, and they're like Liberty chicks. And all they have to say is like, I like guns and I think taxation is theft. And then they have like a hundred thousand followers within a week. Like, here's your show on Fox yeah. news. Here you go. <laughs> yeah. Right. Here's your show on Fox news. <laughs> I am. Um, I had people visiting me in Japan. They just couldn't believe it. And the women would run up and pour their drinks for you at your table and stuff. And guys like you <laughs> you let her do that and i'm like you pour your own tea and they're like yeah I'm like simp <laughs> simp <laughs> you probably wash your own hair too and it's looking at me like you don't do that and I'm like, no that's her job that's great man. age is different yeah i love it man it's better not different it's better <laughs> for both well it's definitely better than but you know they expect too. a lot these japanese guys are working 12 hour days and stuff like so they get a lot of return but they put a lot in yeah yeah fucking a dude well we're we're up on an hour and a half man i'm gonna let you go i appreciate your time man and let's do let's do some more i i'd love to talk about cecil Rhodes. I, dude, there's a million fucking topics yeah, talk about uncle ted yeah. in a serious way hell yeah that's what we'll do all right so then. i'll Y'all, uh, who are you voting for in 2024? Uh, the meteor? You the meteor? Mm, we're talking about the Trump. I don't, know. I don't vote. I'm a dork. Uh, um, so why don't you tell your audience, or my audience, sorry. Why don't you tell my audience the best place to find Ryan Dawson? ANCReport.com. It's like uh, anti-neocon, ANC report.com and then for now knock on wood i have a twitter it's at rye liberty ry and then liberty l-i-b-e-r-y and that's the best place to find me for now <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm constantly canceled so i don't know how much longer i'll have a twitter but elon is still bringing people back he brought sarah westall back yesterday so yeah yeah man. taking some time he's a well, he just gave the keys cat. over to the who didn't he He's done lots of dumb shit, but like compared to Dorsey and the other dorks, like it's light years ahead of how it used to be. Like 
at least I'm worried about being banned instead of I am banned like I was for the last three <laughs> and a half years, right? <laughs> I couldn't even make a new channel within like 10 days. They'd find it and ban it again. You little tattletales, Gabe Hoffman running around going, you're a Jew hater. Yeah. That shit woke. That work stuff woke. That woke stuff worked. Excuse me. They could just go around, accuse somebody of this ism or that, and they're gone. By the way, we're on the anniversary, right? Three years, George Floyd not pulling a gun on a pregnant woman. Ah, today he's also been he's also three years without a drop of alcohol. <laughs> I Israel that from Jake Shields. <laughs> I like it. Oh. <laughs> three years sober today. Yeah, three years without alcohol. George Fentanyl. Congratulations, Fentanyl Floyd. Yeah, I love it. Cheers, Thomas. All you right, got some plugs to throw, man. I got. Well, the, well I mean, um, since we were talking about I got a uh, Abraham Lincoln being kinky, I, I got that. I got the got uh, Illuminati the, um, comic that shows him. Yeah, well, there was an Illuminati with the Sons of Liberty back then. There's um, givesingo.com slash 911. That's my uh, fundraiser. I'm going to remaster some films. So Hell yeah. in there. And this is what I'd like everyone to do, though, whether it's a whether you give a dollar or 50 cents or five dollars, whatever. Leave a comment about Lincoln. So the we had one that just said, fuck Lincoln. The one under it said, fuck Lincoln with a cactus. The other one said, fuck Lincoln with a cactus and an anchor. And it just keeps getting longer and longer. So it's kind of a game. It's it's only a buck or whatever the mineral is. You can donate more. You can give a hundred bucks, whatever. But uh, make sure in, you leave a comment about something going up Lincoln's ass. That's my humble request today. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah. See you Thomas, then. what were you saying about fucking Abe? Oh, I, I got a comic coming out called Illuminati, N-A-U-G-H-T-Y. And one of the short stories is about um, his his wife actually knew the Fox sisters or attended a seance from the Fox sisters. So it's basically about her inviting the Fox sisters over and they conjure up like a, like a sex demon and they all bang a sex demon and then Abe comes in at the end. So that's that's all I'm gonna say about it. It's called the, like the sexual and spiritual awakening of uh, Miss Lincoln. I think you need to have Lincoln or someone in his cabinet being a closet. What do they call him? Avion feathers or something? <laughs> a feather, a feathery. <laughs> feathery. Yeah. Dude, you you blew my mind with that. I'm not gonna be able to get that out of my head now. Dude, that's a real thing. Dude, don't don't look for videos. <laughs> just don't. Just save yourself. <laughs> like just that's the that's where we're going. Just wait, like, you know, 2028 or whatever is going to be someone in a feather costume running against somebody. Dressing. Oh, they're going to do it while they're reading stories to your kids. <laughs> oh, it'll be a kid. Be popping out eggs. <laughs> We're going to get rid of age limits. We're going to have somebody with eggs in a diaper. Oh. <laughs> Heaven help us. We're truly living in the future. This is exactly what was on the Jetsons, right? <laughs> This is this is exactly the technocratic dystopian nightmare that Uncle Ted was talking about. I was just gonna say that, yeah. This is fucking Uncle Ted's nightmare. Yeah, and we're living in it. It's God bless America. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's left of it? God damn. See you guys. All right, homie. <laughs> <laughs> I'll hit the outro. All right, man. See you for the next one.